Hi, my name is Dominique, and together with my team, we produce the content for our weekly Swisspreneur episodes. I hope you enjoyed today's show. That's in the end, like where the whole magic lies in the end, to really have a community and, and keep it going and interact with them. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Nicholas, welcome back to the second episode of Swisspreneur. It's a pleasure to have you here again. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Sylvan. Today, we're going to talk about hacking the game of bootstrap marketing, um, a very fancy and catchy title. So let's jump right in. What common mistakes do we see of Swiss startups when it comes to their bootstrap marketing game? Well, they don't focus on the right uh, thing to invest in, especially when it comes to marketing. I believe too many uh, brands or startups first try to invest too much into the whole branding thing rather than just acquiring customers. And that's why I believe what you should do is if you have to bootstrap something is not to, to follow the standard sales funnel of doing first branding, investing, and then at some point the customers come and you retarget and blah, 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 blah. You should like turn it the whole pyramid thing or that it's then a pyramid and focus on products, just acquiring customers. And then only afterwards you should focus on the whole branding aspect. And that's what we did. We just showed ads in the beginning with products, acquired customers very cheaply, and then started to only do the whole branding thing. That's one thing. We're also focusing on, on the wrong things. I think also many customers, uh, customers, many brands or startups, they try to pay, I don't know, three, 4,000 francs for a good lawyer in the beginning. They uh, uh, pay a few thousand francs for agencies and they should just do it themselves. That's what we did, do everything ourselves. Or even when it comes to the um, GTC, general terms and conditions, I think many people would disagree with me that it's a good idea, but we just copied the ones from a shop and slightly adjusted it for us instead of just paying one to 2,000 francs to do something like that. So, yeah, I mean, these are just two, three things that I think were, are super important to do in the beginning. Do everything yourselves. Really be careful when you spend the marketing. Do performance marketing. Only do marketing where the return comes back. I think that's really important. I think this also shows really the, the bootstrapping uh, mindset that you just described. So let's focus on the performance marketing part there for a second. So how do you actually find out which channel is giving you the right return that you should continue and that it's the right fit for you? I just have to test it basically. <laughs> but I mean, there's so many experts out there that are great in things. I mean, uh, even people that many people know, like a Gary Vee or their social media experts for LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. You just, just have to read the blogs. It's already in the internet. So the question you just asked me, I mean, you just have to Google it. And for sure, there's 10 blogs writing exactly about that topic. And um, in the end, you have to figure it out for yourself because in the end, different products work different on different uh, platforms. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's how it is. Testing and just looking what experts say. And if you're not sure, just ask someone. I mean... Google the keyword social media marketing on LinkedIn or put it on LinkedIn and then just write the first 10 people and then for sure someone will give you a good, a good answer. So I'm glad that we can ask you today. Um, <laughs> let's focus maybe a zoom a step back. So you want to focus on this, this performance marketing aspect where you actually can convert to paying clients and not have to wait for that like in branding for six months or so. So what marketing channels should you focus on there? What marketing channels can you actually uh, test out and, and use for your purposes then? Well, if, do we talk about specific channels? 
Well, for us, Facebook and Instagram are still working very well. I mean, they're still the place where we spend the most money on. The return is still pretty good. However, we reach higher returns on uh, platforms such as Pinterest and Snapchat, mm -hmm. but we cannot scale it as much. For example, Pinterest is amazing. It works super well, super underpriced in my opinion, but um, it's, it's more like a search engine rather than a social media mm -hmm. thing. That's why, because there's only a limited amount of users and, P and search requests on there, you cannot spend uh, 5,000 francs a day there and expect the same return, like even if we go even higher and higher and higher. Right. That's, but the mix is then important. Snapchat is also still crazy underpriced. We have a CPM of, let's say, 70 cents, which means to reach 1,000 people or have 1,000 impressions, we, we pay 70 cents. So we had uh, days where we spent a few hundred dollars and reached almost or had a million impressions in Switzerland. I was like, that's insane. So we now use these channels with a cheap CPM more for branding mm -hmm. with at least a return of one. And um, Facebook and Instagram more for the lower funnel uh, stuff for the whole retargeting thing. And Google and YouTube also works pretty well. I mean, with YouTube, the issue is that if, uh, issue is that if you do too much YouTube ads, pretty fast people get the negative impression of you and, and see you as the cheap like advertiser. So, Two months ago, we had way too much YouTube ads, so we reduced it again. So you have to add frequency. Yeah, there's many things you can do. But that's good. We want to talk about so the details. So how did you realize that you were actually doing too much YouTube ads? Were people complaining or what happened? People were complaining. That was the most important thing that we realized. There's always people complaining. But when it increases, then you see that there's a trend. And also, you can see how the frequency is of like how many times an ad is shown to one single person on average. And if that goes above five, then you should start thinking yourself that you should change the creative to something different. So I think that's for us a little bit the number, like five times. And um, yeah, you just have to like look at that. Or else, also if the watch rate goes down, if the performance goes down, these are all like signals that maybe you should change the ad, maybe it's too much, maybe it's the wrong target group, but, but um, yeah. And you should also set up frequency caps, I believe which means that you tell in the campaign, it should only be shown three times a week to the same person. Okay, yeah. that way you can control that a bit better, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the other channels that you mentioned. Now we, we talked about YouTube, but you also mentioned Google, Facebook, Instagram. What do you do specifically on these channels? Like what kind of ads uh, do you run and are there different types of ads uh, that you do? Probably yes, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> different types of ads. We tell sales of different things. Um, for example, we tested a lot well-made videos versus not so well-made video videos versus, for example, sometimes videos were just we speak. And it turned out that the ones were just we speak and say something worked the best. And we only tried that out also a little bit because of a, uh, an emergency. Okay. We needed ads pretty fast. So we're like, okay, let's just film us and we just say it. And then in the end, it turned out, um, we also tested them and the end turned out that they work better than the well done ads. And, um, that was a learning for us, but I don't think that this works for everyone. Right. But in our case, it works because it showed somehow authenticity, trust, Swissness, credibility, sympathy, maybe. And, um, now we're doing it more deliberately, but, but that's what you have to do. Test it out for yourself. Test out different target groups. Test out, out how it works best and, um, yeah, I think, I think it's really about testing to figure out what works best for yourself. For example, right now we're testing out TikTok, also TikTok ads. We only have access to France and Italy and other countries, but not Switzerland yet. But we're already now testing out what works in general, like on TikTok for ads, right. for performance, for conversions, for sales. 
And once when it opens in Switzerland, we're going to be the first ones on the first day investing it. We're still going to be underpriced and already knowing how it will work. And I think these are the things you have to do in order to, yeah, always get underpriced attention or like pay for the underpriced attention and then invest a thousand francs to reach a million people, basically. Right. So you're looking for cheap real estate. I think a scary view would probably say. <laughs> yes. <that> sort. Yes. <laughs> but that exists also in social media and not only in social media, also in other things. Um, but we also had fails. For example, I'm not sure if you know the app Yodel. It's a, yeah. yeah, Yodel. We also tried out ads on Yodel and it really did not work out well. And we invested, I think, maybe 2,000 euros. And yeah, but now we know it. It doesn't work for us. We tested different like versions, ad versions. So, so testing... is that for you like, okay, we will never try this channel again or earliest in one year again? Or what does that mean for you if you find out that it's not working? We might try it again if they if the prices decrease because all all the perspective if I mean all places where we tried to have ads if the prices are a hundred times cheaper all of them I would like to to use and um, it also depends on if if the app gets more popular bigger if it's in new markets if it offers new ad formats because not all uh, social media and whatever platforms have the same offers for example TikTok has something amazing at the moment which is called Top View Ads so when you open the app. Then you see an ad and you have like, this means every single person who opens the app on that day gets your soul, like kind of like attention. The sound is also on. I think that's amazing. And that's why Yodel did not offer that. And also not other platforms to offer that. So it also depends on that. Got it. And can you walk us through a test? If you do run a test of a new channel or of a new ad, where do you start and where do you end? And what's the time frame and budget that you usually use along that process? Well, you first have to know what you want to test. Do you want to test creatives, target group, uh, platforms, whatever? So let's say, for example, we want to test uh, like the creatives, like the pictures, videos or whatever. I mean, then we try to find a, uh, a good moment where it makes sense to test it. We also expect some sales. And um, we also look at the old results, results of the old ads because always there's already some learning in that. And um, for example, next test we're going to do is now um, a test of us speaking to the camera. We want to know more what really works. So we're going to do it. Either woman is speaking, either me or a man is speaking. Uh, two people are speaking. A product is in the hands. A product is not in the hands. White background or a background such as like here. So we're going to test these versions against each other. And either they're all going to be the same or they're going to be differences. And then when we have differences, let's say two ads are the best ones. We might test these two again. And then, then we know what works best. And I mean, time frame. I mean, it's difficult to say. It really depends on the budget. If you invest 10,000 francs, you can have a result in 12 hours. But if you invest less, then it's obviously longer. Um, however, I would recommend to like test it, depends on the budget, one to four weeks, that they also have different days, different news, different weather, different whatever, because weather affects the app performance like crazy. Um, for example, now the weather is getting better. Now we increase our budget for our swimmer ads. When the weather gets worse, I tell the people, please decrease it. So there are many variables that actually play an important role in the performance of the ads, and it's probably not possible to always fully control them, like the weather. Yeah. When do you then realize that something is actually working? Do you compare that to your historical data and then see, okay, this is better, that's something that we want to implement or continue using? Or how do you then uh, decide whether this is a successful ad test or not? It all depends on the ROAS, return on ad spend, even branding ads. Branding ads where it's about to acquire new customers. A successful campaign is for me a campaign with a return of one, 
which means you spend 1,000 francs and you get revenue back from new customers that are also 1,000 francs. That's for me already good. But if it comes to middle or bottom funnel, which means um, retargeting people that might have seen an ad or people that were already on your website or people that already had something in your cart, then a return of at least two is necessary. And if it's uh, really successful and everything above three, I'm super happy. Because as a brand, you can also do retail. And in retail, Switzerland, you have like 50-50 margin, basically. You give away 50% of, of, yeah, of the whole price of the margin. So if you have a return of two on Facebook, it means if you sell a product for 100 francs, you give away 50 francs to Facebook. So everything above two is already better than retail in Switzerland. And that's how I think. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. You also do a combination, at least tested that, between offline and online. So you had like online ads on Facebook and Instagram going on, but you also had like billboards at the same time. Yeah. How was that working out? Well, what we realized is that a billboard alone doesn't help anything. Also, just 10 billboards in 10 cities is nothing. But if you combine it together with online ads, influencer marketing, whatever, if you have the mix, then it's really a accelerator of the whole branding and realization effect because someone might see the ad in the train then i don't know here's a spotify ad of you and then sees the billboard and then then you have the strong like perception so if you really want to have awareness and and people knowing about you and not just being a one-time purchaser i think this whole mix is important in the end so we do chris for christmas we always have a lot of like billboards on um for branding campaigns we have but for just now we want someone to see the billboard and buy the products of course not because that will not happen yeah so then the billboards are more the top funnel part and then you have the, the performance ads for the, the lower funnel to then really convert them yes or during christmas time it's just a um I think if it gives us credibility, it remembers people on the way home that they could buy something from us. But the real trigger in the end is the social media ad or the YouTube or Google ad, I believe. Yeah, got it. Because then the buy is just one click away, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And if you do have this online and offline component combined, how do you then measure the return on ad spend? I guess that this is not as easy as it is with a pure online setup. Yeah, that's extremely difficult. I mean, it's the same topic also with influencers. Um, but how you can measure it is, for example, if you have a link, let's say nikin.ch slash arau, if the, if the billboard is an arau, and then you put a UTM parameter link behind it. With the UTM parameters, these are these ugly things that come in long links. You can then check in Google Analytics how many people really bought because of that. Or you put a discount code. I think that works pretty well. Discount code of 10%. So you can see how many people use it. Right. That's what we always do if we do something print-wise, uh, like being in some discount book or whatever. Um, and that also works for influencer marketing. You give them like links that are trackable. You give them discount codes. And um, I think that's how you can do it. We thought of QR codes, but no one really scans QR codes. Yeah. And I mean, one thing you can do, but for that you need big budgets is... If you have uh, a lot of like billboards just in one area, let's say in Zurich, mm -hmm. then you can measure if sales increased overall, you can measure if the sales increased over proportionally in the canton of Zurich or in the city of Zurich. And then you can say, okay, a certain amount is for sure also because of the whole billboards. That's how you can measure, measure it. Or you can measure direct visits on your website. I believe that people entering nikin.ch or whatever your, your name is directly in the browser, it's also a sign of branding. And if over time, the share of direct visits increases, I think that's a huge factor for that you're building brand. Makes sense. Have you ever thought about doing TV ads, for example? Yes, we thought of TV ads. And also there, they're a bit further with tracking, actually. Also with this whole thing of measuring, okay, when the TV ad is on, 
if there's more visitors than normal, then this is allocated to TV ad. But in the end, they're too expensive. I mean, you have CPMs, which is cost per mil, cost to have one million, uh, 1,000 impressions. It's just 50 to 100 times higher than what we currently pay for for Facebook and Instagram ads. And that's why if I have to decide, I want my ad displayed 100 times on, 100 times on TV or, um, I don't know, 50,000, 5,000, 50,000 times on, on social media. It's obvious that what we will choose. Yeah, easy choice. Uh, you also run other things purely offline or not purely offline, but you do also like, you started to do sales here uh, at your logistics uh, and, and headquarter, basically. Um, why did you decide to go fully offline to a certain degree? Because people asked for it. <laughs> that's, that's no, I'm right serious. <laughs> I'm saying people started just like show up at their door just wanting to buy something. And we were like, okay, sure. We said yes to everybody. But like at some point it was disturbing because there were three, four or five people a day. So we started to do sales every two weeks and they also worked out pretty well and it was also interesting to see that it was also important to reach a different target group there were more old people come to the direct sales than actually our numbers online tell us that we, our customers are on average and um yeah that's nice and one of the mo more successful campaigns or most successful even was your green friday instead of the black friday uh start right can you talk a bit more about how you set that up and how that worked Yes, I mean, for us, it was always an issue um, to promote sales. We need sales, and obviously, we like if we do a sale and we get sales. But we don't want to have this unsympathetic, like, sales, 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 discount, discount, discount thing. So we were thinking of Black Friday, what could we do? We didn't want to be part of it because we don't want to support it. But some, we still want to do something that is cool. So we decided not to give any discounts. But instead of one tree that we plant per product, we planted two trees. And... That's where we also created ads where we just talked about it and um, started the ads already before it. And already then we had a lot of return because people loved it already then. And then on Black Friday, or as we call it, the Green Friday, it was our best selling day we ever had. And that was absolutely insane. We had over a thousand orders in 2018 on one day and that was crazy for us. And um, the post came in a small like car at that time and it was filled up to the right, like what they call like side um, sitting spot. And the, the thing is, I was a bit, I was a bit, I felt a bit ashamed. It was the first day of this guy and oh. he was, he was late. He was completely like uh, desperate and uh, we gave him some chocolate to calm him down. But, but yeah, I mean, I felt sorry for him. Absolutely. But yeah, at the same time, you also felt like, Hey, we made a very, we had a very, very good day, right? Exactly. I, I feel great, actually. Not giving discount, but people buying it because of the idea behind it was super cool to see that that uh, not everybody is just purely discount motivated in the end. What, what I feel like, you know, after you started to plant trees, although you didn't invent this idea, but you actually, from my perspective, at least brought it to a certain degree to Switzerland. Now, many other people, shops, companies try to copy you. Have you realized any diminishing or lowering uh, sales numbers because of more people doing that? It's an interesting question. I mean, like you said, we were not the first ones doing this one product, one tree thing. But I think we were the first ones for sure in Switzerland, maybe in Europe. I'm not sure about Europe. And um, if people copy us, then we have only a problem if it's really the same names, the same designs, and uh, exactly the same style and so on. Already happened, right? It happened already around three times. And I mean, we obviously sent them then a letter, a uh, Abmahnungsletter in German from a, a lawyer, and uh, they always stopped. 
But if other companies start planting trees and they also are a clothing brand, I think that's that's super cool. That's also part of the goal to inspire people and to do more. So, and also from a business perspective, I think that helps us if this whole awareness for tree planting is good, helps us because we're already a bit more established than these young brands. And I think it in the end increases our sales. So we're not seeing any problems in terms of there's more sustainable brands, there's more tree planting, tree planting is fashionable. I think it really just helps us in the end. Plus, we think it's cool that there's a movement towards that. Absolutely. I think that's, again, a very authentic take from you. <laughs> well done. You know, people also talk about that you should uh, generate specific content for every different platform. So Facebook is not the same as Instagram and for sure not the same as TikTok. Is there like any general rule of thumb where you say these kind of content pieces, they work best on that platform and uh, and so on? Is there anything that you could say about that topic? For sure. Um, I think uh, Facebook is now more, it's more important to like have get comments. So you have to write longer text. While on Instagram, it's more important to have just some whatever caption where you ask a question or you tell the sun is shining. Or, I mean, you know what I mean? And uh, there it's more still about more about the visual and so on, I believe. Um, and also it depends on the platform like us. We speak German on Facebook because the audience is purely German. On Instagram, it's still more international. You get also organic reach more international through hashtags and so on. So we're English there. Um, on LinkedIn, it's more a behind of the scenes thing, telling the story of uh, what we're doing more from a business perspective. TikTok is just some silly um, videos or some nice videos of someone with nicking in the nature and some sound. Um, Snapchat, we killed Snapchat actually in January. We stopped doing it because you have no chance to grow, not no chance, but it's difficult to grow organically. Um, there was just too much effort for it for the output. Um, yes, and YouTube is also a something where you have to put a bit more quality into it. You have to have these thumbnails. These are super important. Uh, YouTube SEO is important. I mean, YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. So you should not forget about writing a text, putting in links, using hashtags. Many people forget that and uh, nothing happens. And um, yes. And I mean, more tips is just follow trends. I mean, on TikTok, there's challenges. You have to just consume the content yourself. On, I mean, the platforms are changing. Three, four years ago, 25-year-olds were still mostly on Facebook. Now it's more a platform of our parents, I believe. Right. I mean, I'm not that much on it anymore. People, uh, Instagram organic reach is declining. So I think it's less important what hashtags you use. I think you should, and also what you should do always is just reply to every single comment. I think that's super important because that's in the end like where the whole magic lies in the end to really have a community and, and keep it going and interact with them. That's what many companies do. They make great content, invest thousands of francs into it, but they don't reply. And I think that's what you should do because that really binds in this connection. If you do it every single day, you then build a closer connection to your customers and scale it. Like if you have 10,000 customer conversations, even if it's a thumbs up emoji to someone writing cool, they feel a closer connection. And yeah, I think that's what many people don't do and they should definitely do. Yeah. I think in that regard, you also followed the advice of Gary Vee, right? Definitely. Where he said, go out there and comment to other profiles. Definitely. We also tried the $180 strategy from Gary Vee where it's about having, I don't know, nine hashtags or 10 hashtags. I don't know. Go Just go and comment to people that are like potential for interest. We did that. And we also got some uh, people like... Uh, for Switzerland, famous people that came here because of that. 
I think whatever Gary Vee, not whatever, but many things Gary Vee says about social media marketing is completely true. I mean, you already said TikTok would be a thing one and a half years ago or one year ago. And um, yeah, I mean, if you want to be more successful in social media, just follow him or just go and Google how to be successful in social media, then it's written there. Absolutely. One of the biggest challenges when doing social media ads is uh, the, the scaling part, right? So you see something is working well, then you would like to invest more budget into it. But at the same time, at a certain point, you probably also get uh, lower results because there's more competition whatsoever. So can you maybe talk a bit more about how to successfully scale social media advertising and what the challenges along the way are? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you need to know how to scale your budget. A mistake that I did in the beginning is when the campaign was running well, I just doubled the budget. That was a huge mistake because how the algorithm works is it first needs 50 positive results. So if your goal is clicks, you need 50 clicks. And up to this point of the 50 clicks, the performance is like this. It's just like trying out what works or what works not. And only after these 50 positive results, be it clicks or sales, it learned. And then it's, you have stable results. And then if you double the budget, you throw off the whole algorithm and it goes into a learning phase again. That's what I did so many times wrong. So what you should do is just scaling your budget 10 to 20% all one or two days. Or also basic things like if you change the text in your ad, it's also reset it again. So these are things you shouldn't do. But if you want to scale fast, then it's better to just duplicate your, your um, campaign and then double or triple the budget. However, then you need to be aware of that you have two campaigns bidding for the same spot. But I think it's still a better trade-off compared to like throwing off the optimizing algorithm. That's one thing. And also the thing is you always should use and try out the things that are underpriced or that are new. When something is new, it's underpriced. Like Insta story ads were underpriced for over a year and they're still super cheap. Well, right now, a thing that works super well for us is uh, messenger ads. Really, like the ads that you have in your Facebook messenger, we have a return of like around eight there. Wow. And, but then you have to see how far you can go. Like, like you cannot just now say, okay, if we have eight, we invest eight, uh, one million, we get eight million back. Yeah. There's always going to be a limit where it's going to decrease. Yeah, but that's what you have to do. Scale well, test well, and uh, te use the things that are new or the things that are still underpriced. Mm -hmm. I think one thing you also mentioned when we did the preparation for this chat is that you said many people in Switzerland are too defensive when it comes to their ad spend on social media. That's also a thing. I mean, of course, let's say on one end, you can start with $1 a day uh, or one franc a day, but uh, you also need a certain um, budget to invest, especially when you think of these 50 positive results you need. So many people invest, let's say, 50 francs and optimize for conversions, like for sales, and they get one or two sales and then they're not happy. Or they invest 200 francs and they get, let's say, seven sales and they're not happy yet. But that's exactly because it's still learning the algorithm and you have to wait to really get these 50 results. And um, So what would you recommend in terms of budget if you start with a new ad that you want to test out? How much budget should you allocate to that campaign? Well, it completely depends. But if you want to test out the people click on your ad, I mean, you can get clicks for anything from 30 cents to two or three francs. So I would think, look, I'll try to think of 50 cents for a click get 50 clicks, so 25 francs. I mean, let's say with 50 francs and optimized for clicks, you can already test if people really click and then you can still track if people buy it in the end or not, or if people add something to the cart. So 
but it's it's really it really depends. I mean, if you have a uh, a small target group and you want to target them, then it's more expensive to reach exactly these people. But if you have something that whole Switzerland like wants to see, then you can invest ten francs and you will reach already quite a few thousand people. And and how do you actually find or define the right audience that you tackle on social media? I'm sure that there are also some recommendations and experiences well, from there, your side. There's two ways. On one hand, you can uh, also go and analyze your audience in Google Analytics or also Facebook Audience Insights is really interesting. Facebook Audience Insights, you see the age, the gender. And one thing that was really helpful for us in the beginning is to see the pages they like. So we saw in our case, it's really typical Swiss festivals, Swiss musicians, um, shops like Evenwood and also other things. And then you can also use that again to target. Or if you have already enough like uh, Facebook data collected with your pixel, that is the tracking code on your website, you can just create a lookalike audience and just tell Facebook, you just check whoever is like fitting to us. Um, or you just test out different target groups. In the beginning, I test the target group, nature, skateboarding, surfing, mountain, um, sustainability, whatever, different ages and so on. So it's like taking the, analyzing the existing data or just thinking of what works. You, one thing I also did at some point, I was just sitting here, taking a piece of paper, just wrote down 10 keywords that came to my mind to Nick and then use these and test, tested these out. It worked so-so, but one or two, I think I used for some time now, one or two target groups, yeah. Can you also talk about the importance of retargeting? You just mentioned the Facebook pixel, which is an, an important part there. Yes. So what role does uh, retargeting play in your marketing strategy? Our retargeting is the most important thing that they have to do. Like if someone tells me, hey, I don't know what to do with Facebook ads and have a lot of budget, then tell them, okay, the, at least you should do retargeting. Because that means that you retarget people that either were already on your website, people that, let's say, gave you a like for an ad, people that like you, or people that even had something in their cart, like add something to the cart but didn't buy. Because there's many reasons why people don't buy. Can be that they have a bad day. Can be that uh, their mother and their child was, was crying. They spilled something over. Someone called them. They were in the train and the internet broke. And that's a retargeting so crazy important to remind people again, because people usually need more than one touch point until they buy it. And that's why I just create you can create like lists on, or like custom audiences, you call it. Mm -hmm. And um, they kind of also segment there, you know. Retargeting step one is people that engaged with you but didn't, did not visit your website. Right. Show them product again. If they were on your website, show them, I don't know, even a stronger focus, maybe a 5, 10, whatever discount code. If people had something in your cart and they didn't buy, but they, they were already two times on your website, give them maybe 20% and so on. So you have to also segment it like finely down. And if you don't know what to do, just do one retargeting ad because at least reminding people that you exist after they were on your website but didn't buy, I think that's so important. Sure. And I, I imagine just uh, to confirm that this is also uh, the campaign with a high return on ad spend, I guess. Yes, it has the highest return. I mean, when you look at the funnel, branding has the lowest return and the more down you go, the higher return gets. Now, you are also active in Germany, and I think digital marketing can really be a super important part to get you there or to also, you know, establish and get active in a new market. Can you talk us through how you actually did that and what role that digital marketing played in that regard? I mean, when we started to go to Germany or try to sell to Germany, we also prepared a website and also some social ads. And the funny thing was, like, within almost one snap, we did, like, well, we prepared the ads, of course. <laughs> But we had 50 orders a day constantly from the beginning on, like from one day to the other, just because we just started with social media ads, paid ads. And um, that worked out pretty well. However, we have issues now to scale 
but that uh, has more to do with that we have more competition, we're not that cheap, um, we're not offering free shipping because shipping from Switzerland to Europe is expensive, so we cannot offer it for free. Yeah. But it's easy to just start and get customers also in other countries with paid ads. And that's also great to just start testing, right? And see, okay, should we go to Italy or to Germany? Let the, the Facebook ads decide. Exactly. In the beginning, we actually, well, it was a mistake after, after all, but it was interesting. We just targeted whole Europe. Okay. And then we realized, oh, Denmark is going well and the Netherlands are going well. So then we made separate campaigns only targeting these countries. I mean, just letting the Facebook pixel decide is usually not such a bad idea, actually. That's also what Facebook people tell. Give it as many options as possible and it will do the right thing. It's not always like that, but a lot of times, yeah. But why was it a mistake after all? To target whole Europe? Yeah. Because we did get customers. You had 500 customers in uh, Netherlands, 500 in Denmark, 200 in, I don't know, France, Italy and so on. And But it didn't have this like word of mouth effect in the end, you know? It's not that people started to talk about us. Like here in Switzerland, there was a moment where when you saw each other, like with our Nikian hats, you smiled at each other. Now it's a little bit going away, unfortunately, because many people have it. But like this effect, we don't have yet in Europe. We didn't have. And we tried to get that by doing more geographical targeting, for example, right now, Munich and uh, Berlin, which is already big and bigger than Switzerland, probably in terms of inhabitants. But, but yeah, that's a mistake we did. But if you have endless budget and uh, you, are, you have investors and you don't have to be profitable from the beginning on, it might work with social ads because if you have such a huge target group, the Facebook algorithm or, the, or Facebook in general can also give you super cheap results in the end. Right. But what also happened is um, we had, for example, 2 million impressions in uh, Moldavia and so on or in Ukraine and they're like one sale. So these things also happen then right. a little bit. So then we had to exclude these countries and so on. But these were all learnings we had to do. Right. Yeah. Then that might be easier with a digital product, right? Where you just don't need to take care of the shipping and everything. But yeah, that's yeah, a different that's story. <laughs> when you actually do the testing, you know, you focus very much on the return on ad spent, obviously, but do you also formulate any hypothesis before you actually execute a new testing where you say, okay, this was reached, this was not reached. So that's what we learned. Or do you really solely focus on the return on ad spent? We focus on return on ad spend, on CPM, on watch rate. I think it's very important to see how long do people watch the video. Do 90% uh, of the people stop the video within the first three seconds or not? I think this is super important to see if people are interested in it. Engagements are also important and click-through rate is important. I think the click-through, well, because click-through rate means how many people clicked on the ad of all the people that saw it. And I mean, if the click-through rate is low, it means it's not like appealing to the target group where the ad is not appealing. And if it's high, then it means it's an appealing ad and people are convinced to click. So it should be at least 1%, I would say. And um, at least in our case. So we look at that, we look at the CPM, we look at the return, at the watch rate. I think these are important things. But we don't formulate it has to be at least that or that or that. Just from the past, we know what is good and what is not. And do you also do anything to get, I know the platforms are working very well for you, but eventually they will get more expensive in the long run. Or as you say, they are underpriced right now. Maybe they get rightly priced. Do you also do anything um, to, you know, get more independent of these platforms and to have like your own marketing channels? Well, we have a huge um, customer uh, email newsletter list, like all together around 100,000 people. Wow. And that works super well when you released. Newsletter is so important. And uh, we're collecting newsletter or like signups upon like the first visit. We also started with push notifications in the browser. 
um, that also works well. We were, did first did not want to do it because we felt like it's too pushy, right. but that works well. So we tried to build up our own channels where you can push something to people. Um, and what do you then push to them? Do you push a new product release or what do you actually tell them? Well, if they had something in their cart and they didn't uh, buy it, then we tell them. But also new product releases or if something is on discount. It's more like of a sales thing then. But I think important is to like just be very widely spread. Um, because there was a point where Facebook blocked us because our ad was declined for the third time because the credit card didn't have enough funds on it. And then it said, you're blocked. And I felt like, okay, gosh. Now we lost the most important thing and didn't want to have this uh, dependence anymore. We still have it a bit, I have to say. And then like went to, uh, to Google, YouTube, and now we're even uh, more broad. So I think you have to test different channels from the beginning on that you're able to switch. Yeah. But in the end, if something works so well, I mean, you're, you're obviously dependent on them. I mean, Google and Facebook have a lot of power. You already mentioned the, your favorite tools, and I think they were very marketing focused uh, in the first episode. Mm -hmm. So what I would like to uh, focus on for this last part here is some best practices on how to bootstrap. I know that this has been a huge part of your success as we discovered in the first episode, but maybe you can just share some more things about you know what actually helps you to successfully bootstrap. What are the little hacks, do's and don'ts um, that you would recommend to other entrepreneurs striving to go in the same direction as you did? Okay, I mean, if you want to bootstrap, I think there's many things that you have to do. First of all, you have to try to do everything yourself because if you do it yourself, it doesn't cost anything unless you pay yourself a salary, but don't pay yourself a salary in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and um, don't um, go and pay two, 3,000 francs for this agency, two, 3,000 francs for this. And sometimes take a risk, like we, for example, already told it in the first episode, we did not do the terms and conditions at GTC ourselves. We just copied it from some online shop and adjusted it a tiny bit instead of paying two, two 3,000 francs for a lawyer. Um, also for social media ads, I mean, and all the other things, ask someone who might help you a little bit, give you a half an hour of a free lesson in like uh, teaching you. I mean, there's so many people. Or what you can also do is um, just book a call with some tool and do an intro call, get a free one month trial, use the tool to learn whatever you want, to create whatever report you want, and then cancel it again. I mean, there's thousands of tools that you can use for free like that. Um, or also talking to agencies. I mean, most a lot of times I had experience we wanted to have some consulting from someone, but most of the questions were already answered in the pre-call that didn't cost yet. So do a lot of, I mean, it sounds a little bit... Yeah, I'm sorry to say, but this helps if you really, 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 really need it or just be honest about it and then you're, you will see how many people want to help. This is what you have to do. You have to like um, go minus on your credit card, private credit card sometimes. I had to back nick in a lot of times with my private credit card. We had to um, pay invoices late sometimes on purpose. Once even someone almost like, uh, what do you call it, um, betreiben us, like they uh, sent the, the guy to collect the debt almost. Oh, yeah, exactly. And... Um, that is very important. But you and never paid like salaries of employees later, any of that sort to uh No, to have no, more this runways. was super important for us. Like of people that we hired, we always paid it on time, every single time. I think that was for me a no-go to pay a salaries later. I mean, this I so would have the, there's the red line. You know, you can take it that far to pay invoices late for whatever services you might need, but it stops. No, that's a red line for me. And I mean, I pay my salary to myself later sometimes, sure. and that's that's no problem. Or no salary at all. Um, this and also um, always sell yourself bigger and better than you are. Really, this helps a lot. Um, Do you have an example for that? 
Well, when it came to um, uh, finding a sub, uh, like a uh, logistics company or a shipping company that helps us doing cross-border e-commerce and shipping uh, packages to Germany and uh, the rest of Europe, I mean, we had already okay numbers, but we sold ourselves as this shining, rising, whatever, shooting stars. We are so good in e-commerce and sell so much and then and, and, and we expect this. And that really helped to get a good deal. I mean, and... Uh, this is what you should do. And also towards suppliers, for example, for products. I mean, you have to tell them how great you are. Don't undersell yourself, which we did in the beginning a little bit too much. I think that's also a very Swiss thing, right? Yes, we definitely. constantly undersell ourselves. Yes. But when it comes to not having a lot of money, oversell yourself. And also like trying to do a lot of, get a lot of free uh, coverage and publicity. Ask your customers also to like vouch for you, to share links and also write local newspaper. I mean, do all of these things instead of hiring a peer community, do it yourself. Right. I think it's a lot about doing it yourself. And there's many more things. Um, I'm not sure if, if, if I've told you any, any more at some point. No, I think that covers it pretty well. Um, there was just one more thing about the stock management. So you already slightly covered oh, yes. that in the beginning, in the, in the first episode, but that's a very important part for your business model, right? Yeah, I mean, as a clothing, clothing brand, most clothing brands have the stuff on stock three to six months before it actually is launched to send it to influencers, to take pictures, do this, to do that. But um, that's we, expensive. It's totally expensive. And um, we usually, in the beginning, only received it shortly before the release. So let's say we received it one week or even sometimes one day before the release. So we took the pictures. Um, and uh, created the ads, sold it. And because most of the times we had 14 to 30 days payment time for the invoices, so we could already generate the first sales and with these sales covered in the invoice. That was super important to have the delivery time of the products pretty close to the selling time. And talking about that, also at some point you can discuss about like more flexible uh, negotiation um, terms with your supplier. Try to do Raumverträge, like blanket orders, I think it's called, which means they have something on stock and every month you get a shipment because like that, um, you don't have to buy so much in bulk and then you have something for six months. These are all things that you have to do and try. Nice. Yeah, and I guess the bigger you are, the stronger your position gets. Yes. <laughs> That's also yeah, and nice. I mean, And one thing, I already talked about it 100 times now today, but it's a... Uh, do performance marketing where you get the money back that uh, like immediate, almost immediately that you invest and don't do anything long-term marketing thing where you only get the return too late. Yeah, I think this is a very good takeaway to uh, sort of end this last session. <laughs> there are some rapid fire questions that I have prepared for you for the very end of this okay. episode. I give you a selection or just a short question and uh, you can quickly make a choice or uh, a one sentence statement. Okay, are I can say either or, or one sentence. Exactly. Okay. So the first selection that I give you is Switzerland, Brazil, or Germany? Well, Switzerland and Brazil. I mean, I'm married to a Brazilian woman. I love the culture of Brazil. I also love Switzerland, but if I had to choose, I would say Switzerland. Yeah, I guess your business is here, so that makes sense. Maybe you go to Brazil one day, who knows? I will, I will have a bar or a restaurant in Brazil when I'm retired, but it will nice. still take some years until then. And what would you choose, wealth or happiness? Happiness, for sure. Easy choice, okay. What makes you smile? Being happy. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe ask differently, what makes you happy? Good food makes me happy. I love good food. I love being with friends. I uh, love coming home and feeling fulfilled. Like I'm, uh, I did something and I had an effect on someone, whatever. Yeah. Nice. Experience or expertise? Experience. And where do you go to think? I just walk around or shower. I mean, when I shower, I think a lot. 
Nice. Cool. These were all the questions from me today. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add to today's episode? Just thank you very much, Silvan. Um, and if someone's interested in Nikin, please just go and Google Nikin, N-I-K-I-N. I mean, it's not about buying, but if you just give us a like or follow us, we'll be really happy. And thanks for the cool Swisspreneur episodes. I love to watch them. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, it has been a pleasure uh, talking to you. All the best of success. And I'm sure that we're going to read, hear, and see much more from you guys. Thank you, Sylvan. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. Stay connected with the Swisspreneur community through our LinkedIn and Instagram profiles. Make sure to subscribe to our show on whatever podcast platform you're using. See you next week for a brand new episode of The Swisspreneur Show.